some sad news to start the podcast off with. We were really saddened and shocked to hear of the passing of Lisa Shaw, whose programme we were on a few weeks ago on BBC Radio Newcastle. Yeah, it was just the last bank holiday weekend around Line of Duty finale. Um, We had the pleasure of speaking to Lisa twice on her mid-morning show. Lisa was incredibly kind to us, both on and off the air. She asked about our son, she asked about us... And she put us at ease when we were very nervous about going on the radio. And we really enjoyed listening to a show as well. It was a real nice mix of really good music and really interesting people from the area. And there have been a number of tributes to Lisa, which you can see on the BBC website. And also BBC Newcastle have opened up a page of condolence as well. We would like to send our condolences to Lisa's family, friends and colleagues. a little while since we in the words of Stain <laughs> it's been a while and Fred Durst did oh yeah I think maybe they did they work together on that song no so I think there's a normal version of it's been a while right but then on MTV2 back in the day there was a live version where it's obviously I think it's quite for mid 90s mm. like alt rock it's quite a nice calm song and it's then very deep and then Fred Durst comes out with his little red starter cap and this is the real deal y'all anyway so yeah we've taken a bit of time away because we've had some pooliness in the house there's been some snotty noses and some coughs and yeah a refusal to take vitamin c tablets (laughs) i just don't like the taste (sighs) anyway i'm fine now so i don't need to take one yeah you found it as well yeah i do oh thanks very much yeah thanks for that Elaine is scared to take the effervescing vitamin C tablets. I'm not scared to take the tablets. It's just that you have to put them in like a pint glass of water. It tastes horrible. And then you've got to drink all of that. You know, I don't like drinking that amount of liquid. So, yeah, I'm a little sipper through the day. But I started feeling well. I took one at night Mm -hmm. and now I feel okay. I've avoided it. Good. I you're just much... fine being ill. I'm. Yeah, I am. I'm fine feeling unwell. You're not, Thanks. because you're one of the worst unwell people I've ever met. <laughs> you just feel sorry for yourself and just get in a mood and pick fights. And... I don't know where you're getting this from. I don't pick any fights. You do start sulking a bit. Yeah, I think I look a bit sad. I think that's generally my being ill, just looking <laughs> a bit sad. I don't think I picked it. I haven't had the energy to pick any fights, love. <laughs> Anyway, we've watched lots of telly. And a few films as well. Yeah, I know. We've got like half and half, haven't we? So usually we just do, you know, quite a lot of TV and then there's one film that we... That's me. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> You're watching your film, your, your really random films. But this time I've been watching some films as well. How exciting. Should we get on with it? Yeah, let's do it. Stop messing about. All right then. Watching television, watching television. So in TV, I've really wanted to come back and talk about Mayor of Easttown. We spoke about this a few weeks ago on the podcast. Probably our last episode. It probably was, actually, yeah, before we did Nomadland. Yeah. I really loved it. You were not convinced. We had a bit of a mini-argument about whether I'd been on my phone whilst we were watching it, and you went into a sort of half-rant about crime dramas on Sky Atlantic, HBO, those sorts of things, and sort of saying you were a bit sick of it. We've now watched, is it six episodes? Six of the seven, yeah. There's one yeah, left. Yeah, one left. And I really want to come back and talk to you about your opinion now that you've got, you know, nearly to the end of the of the show. I'm, I suspect that your opinion has changed a little bit. Am I right? Yes and no. So I stand by my comments in that this is... Just your standard HBO drama. Template. Template HBO drama. Like, oh, there's a mystery. Someone's been killed. Three of four things happens in these. There's a female, detective, with family issues and a substance problem. And you can take three of them and you can mix it up and you get sharp objects. You get the outsider. If you're going really bad, you get true detective... When did True Detective? Can I just? When did True Detective 
have a female detective? No, it didn't, but it had a male with substance abuse problems and family problems. Right, okay. Three so of the four. I think it's interesting that we're changing the gender rules, but anyway, right, okay. I, I kind of see where you're coming from. And I think, I think this is a brilliant TV show. Mm. I think this is brilliant. But it's got Kate Winslet in and a brilliant cast, so it's pretty hard not to be good. I'm really enjoying it, but I just am sick to death of seeing these characters painted exactly the same way. Oh, look, oh, look, oh, she's got family problems. I think this is so different to to those sorts of shows. I don't think it's cookie cutter. I think the family problems she's got here are so different from the family issues that you would see elsewhere. Yeah, it's next chapter of the um, family psychology textbook. (laughs) Like, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, right, so we've not got a drug problem. Like, not got a drug problem, we'll give them an alcohol problem in Sharp Objects. Um, I, I genuinely just, I'm, I'm sick of these murder mysteries where the murder, mis, mur, the murder victim is just really a MacGuffin and it's just a point for bringing out all these people. I mean, there's so many red herrings in this. It's, I've got a reference that you're going to roll your eyes oh, no. at. Oh here we go. So, in Power Rangers. Yes. <laughs> Yes. When they brought in the White Ranger, right? They literally brought in like four different characters that it could be, all of them were martial artists. Mm. And then, as soon as Tommy was confirmed as the White Ranger, they just disappeared and never mentioned again. Right. And it's just there's all these characters in this that look really shifty, and they've all got a bit of a past. And then it's like, oh no, it's not them. I just, oh, I just so disagree. I think every character that you're you're talking about them, where you, you learn something about them, they're a bit shifty, they have their own storyline. So even the people who we now know didn't commit the murder, there are things still happening. You go back to those people, you learn more about their relationships, how their relationships have suffered because of them being accused. You see development in, in their a future and what's going to happen to them later. I, I think this is such a stunningly well-made show. I see what you mean about, you know, crime threat. I mean, you know me, I watch all of them. And I think this is part of it. Mm. I think that every time I look around, like if, I, if I'm out of the room and I come around, there will be some sort of either true crime or yeah. BBC ITV crime drama on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's what colours my opinion of this as well, in that I see the ones that I just think, oh, you know, I've, there was one that I was going to review this week that's an ITV drama, but I can't even bring myself to review it because I just thought it was awful and everyone else was saying it was brilliant and I just... And there were such good people in it and I just thought that was... You know, really standard. The acting was so over the top. There was some really bad acting in it, which I don't normally say, because I think you know people should have a chance and everything. But this show, I would get up. I mean, I get really so excited about this show. I often think it's on before it is. If you remember, I'm often saying to you, "Should watch Mare of Easttown," and then you're having to tell me that no, it's, it's not, not on, on until yeah. the next day. Just because the American podcasts <laughs> have come in our feed, it, it's yeah. not on yet. It's I on at nine so o'clock at excited. night. Honey, I would get up at five... I mean, I'm up at five o'clock anyway, but I would get up at five o'clock like we used to do with Westworld and I would watch this. I'm really enjoying the fact that I can't, you know, watch it all at once. I know who who did it, in inverted commas. We think we know. Yeah, but I, 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 really, I, I do think I know. <laughs> Sorry, I do think I know, yes. Um, but I've loved the journey. I've really liked all of the intricate detail i love the idea of someone going through therapy you see kate winslet's character going through therapy in this and really working through some deeply traumatic issues and i know i know i'm not even going to look at your face because you're just going to be going ding 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 on you know my counter yeah but this for me is a phenomenal show this is this is for me my top show of the year so far wow yeah Wow. Mm. Okay. Uh, this this may very well be in my top ten of the year. I, I think it's burnt the bridge behind them and they'll really struggle to do anything as good as this using the same formula yes. again. Yeah, I agree. Um and I just don't I'm just sick of seeing them. Okay. I really wish and, and HBO do loads of T V shows, but could we not just have a murder mystery that's actually about a murder mystery? Like I think Oh, but isn't the beauty of it that you know it's not just I mean, you could you can watch a Poirot for that, or an, or a Miss Marple, if you want that sort of, here's a murder, here's the person who did it. This isn't really about the murder or the murders. That's exactly what I'm saying. No, it isn't. You said, can we not just have... A murder a... mystery that's about the murder mystery. 
And you're yeah. saying, this isn't really about the murder mystery. That's that's the point I'm making. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm really confused. It's been a long so week. are you saying that you want something that's got more about the other people? No, 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 no. That's, that's what I'm saying this is. Right. We're agreeing. Right. But I am just sick of just using using a murder mystery as a framing device for this little interwoven oh so thing. you are you essentially making the point that you would just love to see mayor in east town and all of our mates without someone dying that would be nice okay or can i just have a murder mystery i still don't get that what do you can you just have a murder i like mystery? murder mysteries i like i like murder mysteries and this yeah but this, this is a murder mystery this isn't a murder mystery oh is that what you're saying this isn't a murder mystery i'm not getting your argument here there is no way you could pick from episode two who's done it or who was three episode uh, yeah, three was done I, I had an idea. But I we also had 14 these. other ideas <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, but it's really good fun. It, that is a murder mystery. And then it's only been the last two episodes. It's not like, say, Knives Out, where you can you you can start formulating. There are clues there from the beginning about what's happened. Totally disagree. I think as soon as you see that that body in the in the you know in the in the stream. You've already seen what's happened to that girl beforehand. You've got all of the characters in play. Straight away, you were, you were, you know, there were people being incredibly shifty that have turned out to be people that you should really have been looking, you know, that they, they were being shifty for a reason. Everyone's shifty, though. No, I don't think everyone was shifty. Oh, they were. There's, no. There's the, oh, I'm not going to say it because <laughs> of spoilers, but yeah, everyone's got a, got a hidden past and blah 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 and oh look we'll concentrate on him for an episode no it's not him right we'll concentrate on him for an episode it's not him oh no it's this that. person at the end i don't think they did that i don't think they concentrated on one person per episode i thought they peppered it with interesting things and those people that you're talking about who we may have thought were the murderer still had something to do with the disappearance or the death of, of that person do you know what i want Hello. I want those Bond book. <laughs> you want one of those murder mystery us Bond books? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's what I I've want. got one. Yeah. I've got a compendium. <laughs> That's apparently what I want. Yeah. Okay. It's look, this, like I said, it's a brilliant show, but I'm just sick of the formula. Okay. Right. I didn't think we should go into things quite as as much as that, but anyway, right, interesting. Mm. Well, I'm a little bit sad that you don't think it's you haven't like completely turned around and think it's the best thing on I've said it's brilliant I said it'll probably be in the top 10 okay what more do you want (laughs) I'll tell you what I want (laughs) I want you to like Starstruck oh no right okay okay so Starstruck is a British comedy uh, starring Rose Matafea she plays Jessie she's in a New Zealand comedy trope in real life I mean, you're looking at me Is like it troop I would or trope? I don't. Oh, I never right. really I know it... how to work that word. A troop. Yeah, troop. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. She meets Nikesh Patel on New Year's Eve. Her, she's out in a club. A friend's hooked up with someone. Uh, he plays Tom. He's been in Indian Summers, which I've never seen, and he was in the Four Weddings TV series. Oh, is he right? Okay. They have a one night stand, and when she wakes up, she realizes he is a famous film star. Uh, so it's a Notting Hill situation, largely. And this this is a show which just takes place. They're not, they don't fall in love at first sight. They have a one-night stand. They walk away from each other, give each other each numbers. And then this revisits them at various different points throughout the year, culminating at the next Christmas. I saw this and thought, this is really charming. I really like it. It's nice and warm and funny. Like, the people are annoying, but you're warm to them whilst they are being quite idiosyncratic and yeah making decisions that you probably would do in a 20s but as a 40 year old I'm like oh no oh love don't do that and I said to you oh I really think you'd like it and you said I hate it (laughs) well first of all I said all right dear and then decided that I wouldn't watch it because you said that I might like it but then I did I watched one episode I thought we were having like a really bad night with the little one and I thought, oh, I'll just put one on. It's only, they're only sort of 25 minutes, something like that. Yeah, 22, 23 yeah. minutes. And then I'll put one on. And I remember thinking, I wonder if it's just because it's like the pilot or something that I'm just not enjoying this at all. And then I was up through the night again, a couple of nights later, and I thought, oh, I'd said to you, 
I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't find it charming. I don't find it witty. I don't particularly feel anything towards it other than a bit of boredom. And then I thought, right, I'll give it another go. So middle of the night, as per, thought, you know, holding baby, baby sleeping, watch show on phone, essentially, while baby sleeping. And so I watched part of episode two, and I just, it just did nothing for me. And I won't go back to it. I'm really sorry, but... Didn't want, don't want you to go back anywhere. (laughs) You're not welcome in my little world with my little friends. You know what? And I can't put my finger on what it is because this should be absolutely up my street. It's a flea baggy If I think that's a bit of a lazy thing, but I loved Fleabag. That was short. It was lots of people making witty comments. It was sharp dialogue. It was people, like you say, making really bad decisions and us going along with it. It's it's all all of those shows that we have enjoyed in the past and for some reason I just don't like it. Is it just because you dislike comedy? Well, you you know I have a, a tinier for comedy. You know that I've got a real issue with it. But say, for example, like Motherland that's on at the moment. I love that. And it's full of really annoying people that you shouldn't really like. Do you know what I mean? But it's interestingly, short... I saw the first episode and mm. said, oh, I'm not bothered about that. Yeah. And I've just heard so many people say, oh, this, this is just superb that I feel like I really need to give it another chance. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want you to do this. <laughs> just... And I can't, I, you know what, there was part of me that's thinking, am I too old now? Is it because these are people in their 20s and they're out in a club? And But I was like, yeah, working through that, I thought, no, because there's plenty of things that I watch that I can't, you know, things that I don't do anymore that I'm now I'm a bit older and doesn't necessarily resonate. And of course, it resonates in some way because I was that person in the club in the 20s, you know. So I was working through all of that. And it's not like there's like bad acting or anything like that, it's just... Something about it just hasn't captured my imagination. And when I got to episode two, I just found myself thinking, I can't make my way through these 20-odd minutes. I just can't do it. So I stuck a podcast on. (laughs) But I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they don't need me there, you know, this one little viewer, because everyone else seems to love this show. Yeah, I mean, it's got really good write-ups. It has been renewed for a season two. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure, because I think the end... I mean, I finished this in a week. And I think the end of the series was really touching. It's just the place it just right around what's happening. This touched on like things that in my late twenties I moved city, not from New Zealand to London, nothing anywhere near as dramatic as that. But it does kind of touch upon when you're alone in a new city, and I remember the, the touch upon things. I remember being here and sitting here going, "If I died, how would my mum find out?" Yeah, yeah. All right. Because there was no way, like, there was no one to, like, linking it through. Um, I suppose I'd have to tell work and it'd probably have been, they might have been my, like, emergency <laughs> you, contact. You thought this through. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought this through massively. Um, and they kind of touch upon things like that. And, yeah, I mean, this this really struck, really struck a chord with me. Um, and maybe that's it. Maybe there's, there's things in there that, you know, ping... For you, whereas you know there was there was no murder mystery for me. Mm. So but, yeah, brilliant cast. Um, I find them really charming. Elaine doesn't. That's not what I'm yeah, saying. I okay. Just, it just didn't. Mm. Something just didn't click with yeah. me. Okay. I would recommend anyone gives it a go. Who's like I said, I, Fleabag is a lazy comparison. It is, it's a it female is, based comedy, yeah, but yeah, it it's not far off. It's the only thing I can think of as to mm. things that I I've loved in the past. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think it's not dissimilar from that. It's young people in London in the 20s stroke 30s. So yeah, um, give it a go or don't. What have we got to finish off with? Inside Number Nine is back. Oh, Inside Number Nine. What is it? What were we going to say? Yeah, Inside Number Nine. And we're three episodes in. We are three episodes in. We've just caught up really quickly, haven't we? Because we didn't see two and three as it came out, but we watched them both. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday, yeah. 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 So we watched the first one pretty early and then had a break, didn't we? I think they are two for three. And yeah. I think that's reflected in the fact we waited a little yeah. while to go back for two I, for three. I totally agree, yeah. Uh, so if you don't know Inside Number Nine, they are stand, it's a standalone anthology TV series just based... The only consistent thing is it's based 
in something which is number nine. Mm-hmm. So it might be hotel room. It might be a shoe that's a num- that size number nine. It might involve um, a, t- a TV channel nine. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm stretching I know, now. I'm just looking at yeah. you now thinking, shall I interject? <laughs> it's um, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton as well. So they're always in the cast. Yes, from and the League of Gentlemen. Writer. And they bring in, sometimes it's just them two. Sometimes yeah. they bring in guest stars. Mm. Um really high level guest stars yeah. as well some really great people are in and these. they love dressing up which is brilliant because yeah. every single every single uh, episode they just look so different it's fascinating i find that they can they're so um chameleonic probably yeah. not a word but you know they they really can inhabit mm. different people and this is such a well this is a chameleonic tv show like some of them are horror horrific some of them are murder mm. mysteries Yay. some of them are really high concept like yeah. there is episodes where there's absolutely no speech at all mm. there's episodes where it tells the story backwards yep. there's episodes where you sometimes don't know what's going on until sort of halfway through yeah. and it's purposely told like that and there's often a twist at the end yeah not always Lovely. But yeah, it's quite often, or two twists or three mm-hmm. twists, and there's it goes through so many different genres as well. Yeah, and satire and parody mm. and some really wistful episodes. Or there's some that I can re- really think of as being incredibly sad and yes. very poignant. So not always just like horror or comedy. Bernie Clifton's dressing uh, room exactly, comes to mind. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So absolutely love this show. I really struggled with episode one of this series. Episode one is, yeah. So I can touch upon the themes around mm. them. Episode one is a Shakespearean farce, shall we say. And it goes out of its way to touch on every cliche within the Shakespeare universe. Really good people in there. So there is Gemma, Gemma Whelan, uh, Kevin Bishop's in this. Patterson Joseph. Patterson Joseph. Um... Rosa Robson. I don't know Mm, Rosa Robson, but yeah. Um, Really good people in there. I'm willing to accept I am too stupid to get a lot of the references around this. that was my issue, yeah. It felt more like something that you would analyse for a TV studies Mm. or if, if you were doing English literature, it felt like something that you would bring into the classroom as a teacher yes. and you would sit there for a class and pull apart all of the, the nuances in there. You know, the things like there's the doctor, there's the nurse, there's, you know, all of those sorts of characters that you get in, in those sorts of dramas. All of the cliches, the Chekhov's gun, um, the... Um, breaking the fourth wall. Breaking the fourth wall, yeah, all, all of those things. Referential to those things. So mm-hmm. at one point, they'll turn around and say... Oh, Stop, fle- stop fleabagging. Mm, second yeah. reference of the yeah, night. Yeah, second, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, it, it didn't do anything emotionally for me and I think that is what Inside Number 9, that's what I love about Inside Number 9. I want to be challenged emotionally. I want to come away from an episode and still be thinking about it later on, which episodes two and three did do for me. I think it's the wrong choice for, to, for the lead of the series mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. It's come back mm-hmm. and for me it just... I was so excited, and I think if it comes in as episode four, like okay, that one didn't really work for me. But I've for... already had the other ones. Yeah, 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 so I'm already in there. Mm-hmm. It happened last year where there is a there was an episode which was a stealth re return to one of Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton's old TV shows, mm-hmm. and we just sat. We'd no, I'd never heard we'd of never it. Heard of it? So, and I kind yeah. of sat, we sat there for tw- half an hour going. What the, the internet went mad, didn't it? Yeah. I remember looking at it, going, "But I just don't get it." So yeah, it, that's how I felt with the yeah. first one. Just too too stupid yeah. to actually understand it. Episode two mm. uh, explores the kind of fandom and endings to TV shows. Yeah. Uh, it's the creator of a TV show that may or may not be called Fame of Groans <laughs> that's ended, and people are not happy with it. And then it's a fan trying to get in touch to change the ending yeah. of it. Yeah, funny enough, endings of shows, you know, sometimes don't go down well with the fans. Yeah, yeah, you funny know? that, yeah. 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 Check out a Line of Duty podcast if you... Uh, <laughs> like that. I liked it. Uh, this has got Lindsay Duncan in. Yeah. Uh, and Nick Mohammed comes in as yeah. well, who I love. Like, he's so good in yeah. um, Statlet's Flats, mm-hmm. going back to last mm-hmm. year's uh, Another show. comedy that I can't cope with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, lovely programme. Um 
really enjoyable. Yeah. Characters, brilliant. Lots of things that you could really pick up on that you mm. know when you when you, especially when you, you stick around, you know, Twitter and things like we do when we're always look, looking up stuff. I think we we spend quite a lot of our time just scrolling through Twitter and seeing what the world thinks. Yeah. And you can see, see that it's known as toxic fandom, isn't it? When yes. people are coming in and going, oh, actually, I know better than the the writer and the creator yeah. of the problem. But it made some really interesting points about fandom in there, and that's what I really appreciated mm. about it. And then the third episode that was on just this Sunday gone, which is my favourite um, so far. Yep, yeah, I agree. Uh, so it starts off. There's a guest star of Shan Clifford. From Fleabag. Fleabag. Oh my god. <laughs> the Fleabag episode. Yeah. And it is someone in a hotel trying to surveil his wife or partner who is in a hotel room opposite. Mm-hmm. And that's all we know. Yeah. And the show goes from there. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to reveal what the not, number of the TV show of the, t- <laughs> of, the, of the hotel room across the way is. but uh... And I don't think we should say it. absolutely. And it's one of those episodes where just don't know anything yeah. don't know anything about it watch it and let it unravel beautifully mm. in front of your eyes i think that's just it's i think it's one of the best ones that they've done i think it's certainly you know you sometimes like you get on the guardian they sort of list out all yes. of the episodes or sort of the ones that they think are great um down to the ones that didn't quite work for them um i think you know what a couple of i was why i'm saying this uh, a couple of years ago i think i saw something like that and that's what led me to watch certain episodes of inside number nine that i hadn't seen before i went through that chart and I, some of them i couldn't believe how good they were and i hadn't seen um but i think this is going to come up high on that list if they do that again yeah i, I totally agree sean clifford I've only ever seen her in Fleabag and I thought she was brilliant in this. She's been in something else that I've seen recently and gone, oh, it's her doing something different and I can't think quite what it was. Mm. Um, I'm not going to remember what that is. um, Are you going to scroll through your phone and try and find out? Quiz. Oh, of course she's been in Quiz. Yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about that. Mm. We've watched that as well. Yes, we've Um, talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, early doors doors on the podcast, that one. I think she's really, really... what a, a, a completely different character to what I've seen her play before. Um, and, yeah, just a, a such... You know what? When she's she's in the room with it, it's not giving anything away, but she's in the room with Steve Pemberton and you can't take your eyes off her. I think she's such a... a she's, she's not even playing someone who's charismatic, but you're drawn to her. You want to watch that, that person act, I think. Absolutely. Um... All the series are on the iPlayer. Mm. So do yourself a favour. If you've never seen this, just work your way through. Yeah, they're brilliant. Um, they are all at best all right. Uh, sorry, at worst all right. Um, <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah, they're all that's at a, best all right. That's a funny review. Yeah. Um, and um, some of them are absolutely genius. Yeah. I'd go so far to say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's inside number nine and it's on Sunday nights, I think. Yeah, I think on so. Monday nights, one of the who, two. Who knows? Some catch up. I mean, we're meant to be doing no one watching live anymore. TV podcast. We still don't know when things are. Films. Films. We've got some films films, to talk about, haven't we? Okay, so we've got three films to get through. I'm going to do Woman in the Window, that was on Netflix. Yes, I watched that by myself. You're going to do Mortal Kombat. That I watched in a cinema. That you went to the cinema to see. Exciting. And then we're going to round it off with Army of the Dead, which again was on Netflix over the weekend. Yes. So quick one for Woman in the Window. This is a Amy Adams film. It's set up very much like Rear Window, which is what attracted me to it. She is the titular woman in the window looking at her neighbours. She sees Gary Oldman and his wife, Julianne Moore. They're having lots of arguments. Something occurs. Can you guess what it is? And she then has to convince people that the thing that she thinks has occurred has occurred. And rear window ensues. I was going to say, this is rear window. (laughs) I didn't realise this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at one point in the film, it's actually quite early on, um... There are old films playing in the background. You know how you, like the camera s- slides along, and yeah. you, then you see there's a television on in the background, and there's a black and white film. And I'm sh- I'm sure it would have been a Hitchcock. I'm sure there was. I'm, that's a real um, blank spot in my film 
knowledge. I don't really know the older films, but yeah, older films were being played. And actually, I think she's got like DVDs of all the old films as well. Anyway, Disturbia. I haven't got a clue. What? Why are you looking at me? Disturbia was a rip-off of Rear Window that was out in the oh, mid-2000s. Oh, Shia LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I hadn't realised that this film had had a really troubled backstory. It had, it had been filmed ages ago. I thought it was a COVID film. Honestly, I thought... Oh, this is a pandemic film. She's in this beautiful New York apartment. It's massive. Weirdly, she's got um, Wyatt Russell down in her basement. Yeah. In her basement. Okay. Yeah. But when I saw him, I remember thinking, God, that looks like the Wyatt Russell that I saw in Black Mirror many years ago. Not the Wyatt Russell that I've just seen in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Okay. So, like, he looked younger. Do you know? And it started just, you know... And then, the, the, well, then I watched it, I watched it, and then I read the Wikipedia, and clearly this has just been through production hell. It's been stuck, the studio took it out to audiences, audiences hated the ending, then it was had rewrites, it's been edited and re-edited, there's been people brought in all over the place, and it shows, it really does show in this film. I'm not going to say this is a terrible film. <laughs> Because plenty of other people have, yeah, as Kyle, I know, all I, know, I can tell. I know. Uh, you know what? I sat on an afternoon. It was sort of like one of those rainy day afternoons. I popped it on for a couple of hours. I enjoyed the beautiful New York apartments. I enjoyed Wyatt Russell. I liked the mystery. I, I didn't guess it, even though I'm clearly an idiot because you know <laughs> I should just have known what was what was happening. Um. Amy Adams does her best, you know, Amy Adams, because she she's just brilliant in, her, in everything. So yeah. she really sells this idea of a psychiatrist who's had a trauma, who, you know, she doesn't know if she's seeing what she's seeing. She doesn't know if she's telling the truth or not, and neither do we. So she really, she sells that. She's so good at being traumatised, Amy Adams, yeah. that, you know, um, you can you really buy into it. There are some terrible, hammy performances by some really well-known actors. Um, that I, one in particular where I just thought, wow, you've really turned that up to 75. We didn't need to go that far, Mr. Oldman. Uh, but he's Who clearly, could be? <laughs> but he's clearly having a great time. Um, but even then, that's what made me think something's happened here. Because then he only kind of shows up a few times. You think... what? Where where else is he? Like he's meant to be one of the main people. So clearly it was cut and cut and you know I was about to say cut and paste, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Things, things have occurred with this film. If you are looking for a three star standard mystery drama in the vein of Rear Window, and you're not too fussy, and you like the look of the interiors of a New York apartment, give w- Woman in the Window a go. I didn't think it was terrible, but it wasn't good. One for the poster. <laughs> but it wasn't good. It was fine. I had a nice time. Good. I'll not. I'll not think about it again. I'm not going to watch it. Similarly, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is the film that has had me most anxious for probably anxious. three years. When I got. 10 minutes away from the cinema and realised I'd left my mask at home. Oh, right. I thought you were anxious for the film coming out. <laughs> no. It's made well, me so anxious. Well, right. I've got a lot invested in Mortal Kombat. If you were a teenager in the 90s, you were you had to choose Blair or Oasis, you had to choose like your football team, and you had to choose if you were of a certain <laughs> genre of geekdom. If you were a Street Fighter 2 person or a Mortal Kombat person. Kylie Minogue? She's in Street Fighter, isn't she? Yeah, but no, the, the, the computer game. Oh, right, the film. okay, not the film. Not the film. Right. Yeah. So Street Fighter 2 
was like very cartoony um for me it was the better sort of gameplay i used to love i, I was a street fighter 2 person is it where the, it, there's like someone jean-claude van damme who is um going forwards in a so i'm doing the motions we've got the little arms up and the legs are down and they're just flat to the screen and then you you move them along a bit and then they come back a bit and then they they kick someone is that I mean, you've fight? basically yeah. described every fighting game. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Did he have, like, little red pants on or something like that? I remember red being involved. Ken wore red. Okay. That's not Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. Jean-Claude Van Damme plays Guile. Okay. Who did a sonic boom. Right. We're not reviewing Was Street Fighter. Was there a lot of kicking in it? Yeah, it's a fighting mean, game. Right, okay. They don't yeah. just, you know, sing a song. I think I remember it. that. I think I remember that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Street Fighter 2 was very cartoony. Um, it was very cutting violence. There was a monster in it. You could play as a monster. You could play as a... They were from all around the world, so there was a Japanese sumo fighter. There was a quite unsympathetic Indian yoga figure like that you wouldn't get away with nowadays. Um, Ken was from America. Kami in Super Street Fighter 2 was from England, who was played by Kylie Minogue in the film. Thank you. There was Chun-Li yeah, from China. Yeah. Zanjeev, the big Russian wrestler. Anyway. Against that was Mortal Kombat, which had real life people in there, sort of digitized. And it was probably wasn't the first video game to do that, but certainly the one that popularized it. It had real, like not real blood, but <laughs> when out? you hit people, like there was fake blood came out. Um, and you didn't get that in Street Fighter. No, 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 not right, at all, okay. not at all. Yeah, and it was over the top blood as well. Like a big cloud of blood would come out when you punch someone in the face. And then the thing that caused all the controversy at the time when you beat someone, you got to kill them. So oh, right. you'll have heard the term finish him. Yes. So, Mainly from Karate Kid, I think. Oh, yeah, finish yeah, yeah. Him. So when you beat someone, they said finish him, and uh-huh. you could either just punch someone and knock them over, or right. each character had like a, combi- a special move that you could do with a combination of button presses Ooh. to actually kill the person. Ooh. So Oh, I can understand, yeah. One person, like ripped out the person's heart one person mm. like sliced them in two yeah it was yeah. ultra meant to be ultra violent it, it wasn't it wasn't but did it get the same sort of attention as say like video nasties of the 70s and 80s yeah 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 very much so there was this there was oh, what was that mega cd game where <laughs> yeah. you've just said a word i don't understand <laughs> what is a mega cd it was it was so the, you had a mega drive, drive yeah. so there was a cd based add-on for it oh, okay. which instead of having cartridges you got a cd thing right and there was a game called like night moves or something like that which mm-hmm. sounds a bit porny but it was it was very limited gameplay but it was a video of i think it was girls at a sleepover and then monsters or terrorists came in and you had to stop them right I'll show you afterwards. Thanks. I'll was, look forward to that. Yeah, and because it was actually full motion video, it was it caused a lot of controversy. And okay. Tabloids yeah. circled the wagons around it. But yeah, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, I think we've gone too far into the history of video. Street Fighter for me was a better game, but Mortal Kombat had far better world building for me. Um, it was real exciting. There was... It went on. It got had a sense of humor as well. So instead of doing fatalities, you could do friendship moves. Okay. So instead of like pulling people's arms off, you could cut like a little string of uh, paper, uh, like a paper. You know, you have the yeah, hands. Like paper dolls. Yeah, yeah, paper yeah, dolls, yeah. hands to hand. Mm-hmm. Or instead of like turning into a dragon and killing someone, you could magic up a Mortal Kombat arcade machine for them to play on. Things like that. There was a film in 1995 which I really enjoyed. I've not seen since. I imagine it's crap. But I was quite excited to go see this, especially because it was my first trip back to the cinema. Yeah. Unfortunately, you forgot your mask. They had a mask there for me. So, yeah, they were, I was quite happy. Oh, well done, the cinema. Everything I enjoyed about this film was related to going, I remember that from the game. Oh, they've done that reference. That was a bit shoehorned in, but at least it's a reference to the game. This film is a mess. I don't even know who's in it. So it's Lewis Tan, who's a martial artist who you would know from... It was in Deadpool 2, um, and he's been in plenty of De- Den of Thieves. Oh, he was one of the bad guys in Iron Fist, I think. Uh, but other than that, he's the Rush Hour TV show, Hawaii Five-0, etc., etc. He was in The Hangover Part 3, apparently. Oh, okay. And Olympus Has Fallen. 
no one else of any note aside from uh, Hiroyuki Sandana, who is from Westworld. Not for the last time tonight. Yeah. Uh, plays Mushashi in Westworld. Yeah. The whole point of Mortal Kombat is it's a tournament between the human world and the shadow world. And so you get human characters and you get monsters. And they fight in a tournament and someone wins. Something that they remind you of all the way through this film. This isn't about a tournament. There isn't No tournament takes place during this film. Oh. This is the baddies, the shadow welders, trying to kill all the human characters before the tournament starts. That's weird. I'm going to go into some of my problems with it. I wouldn't consider spoilers, but people might. So watch out if yeah. you are desperate to see Mortal Kombat and you don't want to know anything about it. Yeah. Check, okay. check the time code and skip through to our review of Army of the Dead, which might be fun. Everyone in this, someone's chosen to be a Mortal Kombat fighter and they develop their powers. So we get Lewis Tan's character, who I think is massively generic, but there you go. Cole Young. So I'm like, oh, so they're all developing the powers, right? Who is he going to become? Is he going to become Johnny Cage? Is he going to become Lung Kao? Is he going to become Shao Tsung? And then you see these characters come up and you're like, okay, so he's not that, he's not that. No, he's just a, he's just a generic, boring character. So he turns into someone and I spent the next 10 minutes going, I, this is this is deep cut for me. I've never seen this character <laughs> before. Thinking, wow, it's something I don't know. This must be like Mortal Kombat Four or something like that. When I had lost <laughs> interest, no nope. original character. Okay, not meant to know who he is. It's it's just really bad. The fighting's all right, but everything. All the fights take place at once. There's a lot of standing around. There's a lot of characters who just are like twirling their moustaches, like, oh, I think he's going to turn out to be a baddie. It's just really quite boring. And I was glad to be in a cinema, but not really at all. It's quite sad. That is quite sad. You you didn't come home sort of bouncing and sort of going, oh, I've just been seeing a great film, or, or even saying, oh, that was good fun i you can't just even be angry about it that's the thing anything. it's it's not it's not it's not so terrible that i'm like yeah, gonna enjoy yeah. ranting about yeah, it yeah. it's just there yeah it's all right to look at there are some fun references although they're all shoehorned in yeah it's just not very good well i'm sad for you that that was the first one you went to see when you went back to the cinema but mm. you know start small start small build up build up what's next what's um what's coming out with the pictures that you're gonna see next Probably Quiet Place 2. Quiet Place 2, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for that. I yeah. think it's... Me too. I think we're going to try and see that together, aren't we? Yeah, although I can't replicate... When I went to see the Quiet, Pla- a Quiet Place 1, mm. I was the only person in the cinema, uh-huh. which is the perfect yeah. film to go see that for. Yeah, that's so, not going to happen, is no, it? No, no. I'll be well, rustling. Because I'll be there. Feeling guilty <laughs> rustling my sweets. And, uh, yeah. Shall we finish off with Army of the Dead? <laughs> yes. Yes. Which we watched together on Netflix, came out on Netflix over the weekend. Yes. Um, had a big push, actually, because it had a trailer that was really picked up. Yeah, it went viral, and I showed... Did I show it to you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I came down remember, for lunch, yeah. and you got really excited and said, yeah. have you seen this trailer? Yeah, because it's zombies in Las Vegas. I think we need to declare our interests here. I think people who listen to the podcast regularly will understand the Las Vegas love. We got engaged in Las Vegas. We had our honeymoon in Las Vegas. I We live spend, our lives thinking about Las Vegas. I spend my life looking at reality, realty.com, mm. trying to see if I won the lottery, what house in Vegas I'd buy. We are converts on Vegas. Yeah, we have a Google thing, a name that I do not know that just cycles the photographs of Vegas that Only we have had. Only took lots of photographs there. Yeah, yeah it's but also it's, still, it's always there. It's yeah. always there. Oh, hang on a minute. That's Belfast oh, that's at the Belfast. minute, which right. is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we love Vegas. Vegas is our spiritual home. So when we see casinos in the background, yeah. we are sold already. Like, oh, look, look, it's Paris. Look, look, that's our hotel room. Yes. We stay in the yes. same hotel. Yes. And it's essentially in the same room. But this is, so this is Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. This is a 
continuation, even unofficially, of his continuation of the of the Dead series. Mm. So he remade Dawn of the Dead. It was Dawn of the Dead, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and this is, I guess, an unofficial sequel to um, it. It doesn't yeah, seem to no have one, any continuity. No one said to... that. No yeah. one said that. But obviously, it's in the same genre. Mm. I was really excited. I know you've taken a deep breath there. I was really excited. I thought, you know what? I really like Watchmen. I've got things to say about Justice League, um, which we've we've said on the um, on the podcast before. But I like a really big, you know, Zack Snyder does big boombastic films, and I wanted a big boombastic film. <sighs> there is a good film in there. If only he could rein it in a little bit. What maniac allowed this film to be two and a half hours two long? And a half hours there's no need for this film to be there were there were subplots that i said to you didn't i especially one right at the end i was like i do not care about this subplot this subplot could be completely cut out it would make no difference to the film physically emotionally there are there's, and uh, the subplot involved a character that i just found really annoying <laughs> really annoying and Given that a lot of people die in this film, there was no spot, you know, there's a zombie yeah. thing, people will die. There was characters that didn't die that I was, like, waiting for because I think I would have cheered. Oh, no. If you're talking about the character I think you are, then that's really mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can't go into it, but... So anyway, this stars Dave Batista. Who is, who is wonderful. I'm, I'm going to stand up for Dave Bautista. And partway through the film, I turned to you and said... What was his wrestling name? <laughs> and you very kindly went, I can find it's Batista. <laughs> I yes. thought he was called something else. But I what are really those things like in Gremlins called? <laughs> I really like it. I know sometimes people who have been in the wrestling world get a really bad time of it. You know, people say, oh, they can't, that, blah, blah, blah. But John Cena, brilliant actor. I think Dave Batista, brilliant I think actor. Dave Batista is third in the wrestling crossover stars yeah. charts. I think he's been yeah. overtaken by John Cena recently. And then you've got The Rock at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, The Rock is the undisputed king of, mm. like, action things anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he's third. But, I don't think he can quite manage the emotional heft oh, of this I film. It, I thought the emotional heft was fine. I thought it was the people playing opposite him who had the problem with There's the emotional there. heft. Yeah. So, I thought this film was, we're all on a holiday in Vegas, yeah. zombies break out, yeah. and panic ensues. Yeah. Imagine my surprise <laughs> to find that in a the most Zack Snyder move ever. Uh, it's just the scene setting in a montage film credit sequence set to music um the I times they are changing really, um, um, i thought it was really effective i thought that genuinely i thought it was really effective emotionally which you often don't get with the you know, the side of films yeah i think there was some some scenes in there where i got oh my god no and pe- you know people were dying mm. people were having terrible things happen to them people weren't being saved and you got to know the main characters that come back later on these people who are the zombie killers that, you know dave batista is essentially the leader of really enjoyed it but it didn't. The rest of it didn't need to be two and a half hours. There were some interesting plot devices that didn't go anywhere. That I think he's trying to build, like the world of the zombies. Trying yeah. to build, you know, what would it be like if there was a gated community of zombies? And I think, well, part of me thinks, well, we know that because we've seen The Walking Dead. But he's trying to build some sort of mythology around it. Should we talk about but the plot and didn't... tell you what the actual plot of the thing is? <laughs> so. Dave Batista needs to go back into Vegas, which has been walled off from the world and is just full of zombies, to four reasons. There is a MacGuffin in the middle of it that needs rescuing and bringing out the end. Right, is that it? Yeah. Are you finished now? Yes. (laughs) I didn't want to give too much away. I don't think that's too much away. No, I don't think it is, but that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to be sort of like, you know, not saying too much. But anyway, yeah. And then what ensues, I don't think particularly pays off. There's some really interesting people. There are really fun characters. There's, you know, things to do with Vegas that I loved. Every time I saw a Vegas casino, I got really excited. But the other thing was that they just seemed to go back to um, New York, New York all the time. So it was like the they kept going back to almost like this base camp that was meant to be an um, a completely annihilated New York, New York. 
And I just kept thinking, can we not go somewhere else? Can we not go to the other end of the strip? Can we not go to the stratosphere? Can we not go to the place where apparently when we went there, the tour guide told us Mariah Carey's fiance bought some land to build a casino. And then when they split up, the land just remained empty. I, I, just, I think you're mixing up the Las Vegas <laughs> tourist board with Zack Snyder. Yeah, I know. And I think that's why maybe I was more disappointed because I wanted to see the things that I know. I think my big problem is it's 50 minutes before anyone sets foot in Las Vegas. There is probably large spells of this where there's absolutely zero action. Um, it's people acting in with each other with things that go absolutely nowhere. They it tries to be cine literate, but just ends up pissing everyone off because I like that there was there was an um it really charmed me to begin with because there was an absolutely brilliant reference to American Werewolf in London where I nearly like nudged you on the on the knee and went this is like not just word for word but physically these people are doing the scene from American Werewolf in London I haven't hadn't seen that reference before. Mm. But then it just kept doing it. It just kept going back mm. to other things and playing, you know, needle drop, yeah. needle drop. Intelligent uh, zombies, I'm not, I don't care uh, for, especially not in the way that this moves mm. on. Yeah. 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 There is things they need to do which are just like built up and then just done. Yeah. Uh, the, the big, the, they take someone along for a reason on this mission. And it's you expect something's gonna happen with it? No, just does it. Switches the light, it it comes on. There's plots that seem to make seem to be completely not referenced. At one point, there is a zombie that has a robot face. Is there? Yeah, yeah. It's flashed on it that. for about a, a split second. Uh-huh. A zombie is killed, and there is a robot face underneath the skin. Didn't see that at all. And I was like, oh, well, are we gonna come back to that? Mm-hmm. Never mentioned again. There's I've some, checked it, it's there. There's some sort of time loop thing as well. Like Someone references like reference Tenet, time loop. Yeah. which was obviously done before Tenet. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. But yeah. It, as it went on, the more I felt like I wanted it to end. Uh, well, which was sad. I mean... Because I really wanted to like it. I wanted it to be a tight 90 minute, fun Friday night ride and it wasn't. It also suffers. It's like the Zack Snyder's greatest hits because there are four endings. Like the film ends, and then there's a an epilogue that seems to just carry on and on and on. It's like he learnt nothing from Justice League. <laughs> I think he'd done this before Justice League, hasn't he? I mean, surely he did. Surely he did this. Before he filmed Justice it. I, I, he can't have edited it. This cannot have been the priority of a Justice League. No, no, I know, but I thought this might have been in the can before. before and you that. might just want to go back and go, yeah, I've just realised that you know I've, I've I've ruined the end of Justice League. Maybe I'll just cut this bit out or do it as an extra post credit thing. I think he thinks that what he's done is brilliant, which you, of course you would do if you are the writer. You know, going back to Inside Number Nine and the review that we did of, of that. You know, I think he probably yeah, I think he probably needs a good editor. And someone who can cut it down to 90 minutes and yeah, have a helicopter agreed. crash in there. Agreed, yeah. Speaking of which, though, because we, we are on now too long. Him, um, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Cool. Um, so, we're not really impressed with any of the films this week, are we? Not really, no. I mean, give, give, the, I was like, give them a go. No. They're up your, if they're up your, but is there anything better? You know, there must be. There must be better things out there to, uh, to watch. Yeah, Starstruck. <laughs> Fair enough. Just watch all four episodes of Starstruck and all six episodes of Starstruck, and it's only over two hours, so it's still shorter than <laughs> Army of the Dead. That's true. That's true. But I'll watch. I watch four episodes of Inside Number Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good. That is a good use of your time. Mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to go? Thanks a lot for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Honeymoon Pod. And if you'd like to drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, it really helps us. I think we're going to try and be back a little bit sooner than next, this time, aren't we? I think, we're, we're, yes, we're going to attempt to uh, to come to come back a, a bit earlier. We'll, we'll probably go to the pictures and see something and come back and talk about that, I think. Let's do that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.